get your smoke on, I get your chill on. Let's get these conversations on. Calling on moms and anybody who's living life. The Pop Moms Podcast is here. Talking all things cannabis with a mama twist, like a freshly rolled hemp joint infused with a bit of that, a bit of this. It's all part of the experience of life. Thanks for tuning in. You ready to begin? And welcome to the PMP. Pop Moms Podcast. The Pop Moms Podcast. It's on. The Pop Moms Podcast. It's the Pop Moms Podcast. Oh, it's on. Hi, it's Kate. I'm here with the Pop Moms Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. This week's episode is going to talk about the unfair stigma against, I don't know, I mean, I guess it's against cannabis, but it's also against women um, based off of, if you hear noise in the background, Eunice is trying to roll a joint. Sorry. So, but that's okay, because we welcome her presence. Hi, Eunice. Hello. So, we um, are going to talk about like the stigmas around use, right? So if you look at the overall cannabis, uh, the consumption rate for females and the different styles that they use, um, edibles is a really growing segment of that, um, due in part to the innocence of things that we eat versus things that we smoke and some stigmas around, I mean, just smoking things in general, right? We kind of view combustion as or like lighting you know lighting a matter and smoking it um, as something that might be unhealthy um, but there's actually big differences between uh, cigarette smoke and cannabis smoke so something to note something that you know I guess I thought but didn't really know until I interviewed our next guest Um, so our guest today his name um, he asked that it be withheld um, just due to the content Um, but we're going to call him Sebastian um, because that's his, his student name so we'll be talking to Sebastian today. He, I mean, being really transparent, was our weed guy uh, when we first moved out to Seattle. And we're getting accustomed to the new market. And, you know, and we were introduced through mutual friends. And, um, you know, he's, he's a great guy. He's super knowledgeable. So um, the last time that we ordered from his um, bake menu. So now he does um, bakes. And we ordered from it. And I asked him if he'd want to be on the show. So... That's kind of how that came to be. Um, so we're going to hear from him. He's a wealth of knowledge. Super excited. Um, make sure that you go on and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pop Moms Podcast. If you have any questions about this show, any others, um, if you want stickers, reach out to me. I will send you stickers in the snail mail. Um, email me at potmomspodcast at gmail.com. Um, and send me your address and I'd be happy to send you some stickers and then you can uh, put them all over your city. That's kind of something that we've been doing is just putting them all over cities and um, that we visit. And don't worry, they uh, they decompose, so it's not doing any impact to the environment. Um, And yeah, so hit us up and enjoy this next interview and learn about how the female consumption of weed is, it's kind of changing, you know, more women are trying dabs, we're going to have a future episode on dabbing, Um, we're going to talk more about alternative ways to consume CBD, we've got a lot of content coming up, so enjoy this interview and we'll talk to you later. Okay, well, I'm excited to be here as well. Thank you for having me, really. Cool, yeah. Seriously. All right, so let's go ahead. So tell us about maybe your first experience with cannabis or, like, kind of 
um, just the history of how you started using it. Well, um, the first time I the first time I ever came across cannabis, actually, I found it in a in a package when I was in third grade at a high school football <laughs> game, and I didn't know what it was, and I handed it to my dad, and my dad knew what it, knew what it was, and he then gave it to a local police officer who was right there. Uh, but the first time I ever used it was at um, at uh, CCD, which I, I grew up Catholic. Oh my so, God, CCD! I was like, yeah. wait, like CCD Catholic? Yes, CCD? Ex- exactly, exactly. <laughs> I taught CCD for a minute. Oh really? Interesting, interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it was before then. It's like when you got older, you got to go to night rather than right after school. And so I was just, you know, before CCD and some delinquent who was older than me, year older than me, had it. And I remember it was in a little black water pipe, and we smoked. And I don't know if I got high or not, but. Um, I went into class and that was that. That's that was my that was my first introduction. It wasn't anything you know fun or surprising or you know monumental, but that was the first time I ever ever consumed it. Do you remember what you thought of it? No, I mean there was no. I mean obviously you know I grew up in uh, the dare. You know yeah. Nancy Reagan just say no, uh, but I never had a. Um, I never. I never had any negative connotations towards it. So when I smoked it then, I again I'd have no idea if I felt it. Yeah. But and I was I was in sixth grade when when I did that. Oh wow, that's crazy. That's really cool. Okay, so then sixth grade. When was the next time? Like, did it? Did you start using it after that? Oh did sure, you... sure. And then in seventh grade, you know, you know, when we you know, start experiment experiment with alcohol more, and yeah. you know, cannabis was always around, and you know, we smoked it a little bit then. And then in eighth grade, we kind of I kind of got into it more. Yeah. Whereas uh, you know. A couple of our friends, one of our friends, um, his dad grew it. They grew, uh, they're big growers down in Central Oregon, and they grew in thistle patches. And because they remained green throughout the entire season, so right. when helicopters flew over, they couldn't just see that like this was this green patch there it was mostly thistle. And so he would finally steal some from his dad, and you know would just roll joints with it. And so that's when we kind of started doing it a lot more frequently. So right now, what's your favorite way to consume? In a bong. In a bong. Absolutely. That's awesome. About one foot bong, you know, and just, you know, load it one hitters at a time. And that's, that's my preferred method. Yeah. I dig that. So do you do, uh, do you like glass? Like what's your opinion of like the silicone that's been coming and you stay away? I, I, I mean, I, I have not, I have no, uh, no opinion on it. I just, I just glass is my preferred method and I've had this bong forever and you know, I'm old school and that's just, it's quick. You get home, load your bong hip, take a hit and you're where you want to be. Hopefully. How often do you clean it? Well, I, I change the water all the time, but yeah. that's like like cleaning my bong, yeah. like scrubbing it with uh, alcohol and salt. Yeah. I'm embarrassed to say not very frequently. Oh, no. No, that's how we are, too. You don't have to be embarrassed. Well, and it's like, that's why I was like, okay, actually, that makes me feel a lot better. Right. Because, <laughs> um, you know, I always, always went, so I have friends who like will clean out their bongs if they're going to be smoking with other people. And I think it's like such a nice gesture. It's just like not one that fits into like my routine. And Mike is a big proponent of not cleaning it. So okay, I'm okay. happy to, I'm happy to be in that company. Yeah. Well, I'll make sure the water's changed. Yes. Cause that is, that's embarrassing if you come over and you haven't changed the water in, in a long water. time and <laughs> someone's there and they accidentally get some in their mouth or something like that. You know, it's yeah. a lot better if it's at least been changed before yeah. they show up. That's funny. So why did you keep consuming cannabis? Like, what did you like? It was there. Is it just like, what does it do for you? What is it? What do you like about it? I mean, the easiest thing that I can say currently just takes an edge off. Yeah. And I, and I, what is that edge? I don't, I, you know, stress relief, uh, better able to cope with the grinds of life. But, um, I don't know. I can't tell you when I was younger, why I continued to do it other than it was always just in the vicinity of a party. And, and that's just something that we did. It just, 
I don't know. I can't. I can't tell you yeah. the answer that question. But um, you know, my, me and my friends, most of them still smoke to this day. So yeah. you know, we're going on what I'm 46. So you know, a good 30 plus years. Are you tight with them? Yeah, I'm actually. I uh, have some friends that I've known since kindergarten that I still hang out with. Awesome. That's cool. That you still smoke with. Yes. That's cool. That's really neat. Okay, so you have kind of an interesting experience because you. You know, you you smoked it when it was illegal. You smoke it when it's legal. Like, how has that changed through, like, the state of Washington, like, over the last 20 years? Well, I'm, I'm going to probably say something that some people, a lot of people will um, will disagree with. But I think the quality of the herb has actually gone down since it's been legal. Really? Yes. What, uh, do you think it's intentional or is it just because it's being so overgrown? That's Mike. Hi, Mike. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would just say, I, I think because it went, from my experience in, in the legal industry, no one went after the experienced growers who were doing it. Yeah. So you had these people who came in who had money. You had to have access to money and, and lots and lots of money in order to get into that, into the legality field. And, um, you know, all the good growers that I knew, n- none of us were ever approached or if we were approached, they were always constantly lowballing, and or they didn't want to pay you until after harvest or anything like that. And so, you know, those of us who have been in it for a while, there's no, that's a ripoff. There's no way we're going to go into it. So then, you know, you eliminate all that um, historical knowledge, and then you bring in new growers to have to learn on the fly. And it's not just simply putting a seed in the ground and watching it grow. I mean, there's a, so much more to it than that. So you lost all that institutional knowledge. Um, so that's why I think primarily why the quality has gone down that kind of sucks it does it does no no that no that's but that's only for um you know there's so many other people who had only had access to let's say you know brick weed from mexico right right or they had you know only access to the beasters from that's what we used to call you know marijuana from british columbia uh so they they would probably be of the opinion that the quality has gone up substantially but those of us who are in our, our little community of growers here in the west coast which you know, this is where the cannabis revolution truly started. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that for the, for the for those of us in that field, that the quality has gone down. It's funny when you talk quality. I think about moving from the Midwest and uh, the stuff we would get there to smoke. You see here, I'm like, whoa, this is what real weed looks like. So for us, it was like, oh, my gosh, this is. But I'd say even more so like meeting you, too, and having yeah. you show us. You know what I mean? Like you were the first. So, um yeah, I mean, you that guys... was the first, you know what I mean? That was like our first experience with Pacific Northwest weed. Right. And I think like, yeah, I mean. I specifically I like... think it was the Vortex, to be honest with yeah. you. I think it was the first, <laughs> okay. first strain that we, we came across out here. Well, what year did you guys get here in Seattle again? 14. 2000 okay. and, yeah, because Ellie was born in, no, 2015. 15 or 14. <laughs> <laughs> there were some hazy years. The vortex isn't helping the no, memory. No, I think it was 14. I think it was 14. It was 2014. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was 2014. Because okay. we bought this house in 2015. Yeah, that's right. That's what I'm thinking of is this house versus. So so the shops hadn't really opened at that point, right? And so when you got into Seattle, then you, you got introduced to me because you already knew people. And then you had that herb. So that herb that came from me that I grew had it been hell of a lot better than anything you ever got in the Midwest. Oh, oh, oh hell yeah. God. The fact that we Tenfold. got to have a choice in a conversation with like a knowledgeable person just a, the, other than a pusher, you know what I mean? Like the people that... Or there mostly, a lot of... mostly it was middlemen that we would do with. Yeah. You know sure. I mean? It would be like, I had a guy that knew a guy. Yes. You know what I mean? I wasn't going over to like a distributor's house who was like, here's what I got and it's 
It'd be like, oh, I got this guy, and like, maybe it's three point five grams, maybe it's two point five grams. Either pay, you're paying sixty bucks, and right, hoping that the guy didn't, you know, pinch your bag on the way over. Right, 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 <laughs> right, absolutely. Yeah, no, but I mean, I liked. I mean, yeah, we, we were at we were at our friend's house who introduced you to us. I want to say, and you just like came by. I think that's like how we met you. Met you in person the first time. So okay, so how long have you been growing? Well, I stopped growing two years ago. So I grew for 20 years from 1997 to 2017, nonstop. Stop. The market, market dried up. I mean, here, here is an example. If you want to get rid of an illicit drug yeah. market, you legalize it. That is, you, you put the, the legalization market put out, put out of business most people who are, do, are doing it on the black market. Now, there's still pockets in Washington State and Oregon. There's still friends that I know that are still growing because they're in areas where they're isolated or they have like a little niche market uh, or they're shipping it out of state right. uh, and they're still in business. But uh, for the most part, those people who have like a domestic, you know, local market, those, all those, all of us gorilla growers are, are done. Is it similar it. here to what you hear about? Like in some of like the more popular Netflix shows where they talk about like uh, the green triangle, where they talk about how, when it became legal, they made the restrictions and the permits almost so expensive. It became almost unbearable for a local grower to keep up with the, the payments that they wanted versus like a big company that could come in and easily front the cash for not like a local or a homegrown operation. Well, the thing about Washington, a lot of people complained about the way that Washington state did it. And, but Washington state did carve up in their legality, uh, um, a niche, you know, for people who want, who don't have a lot of money. So, you know, there's tier one, tier two and tier three. So they purposely did that. But nevertheless, I mean, the, the, the costs of, of getting, um, a space and 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 all of the regulations of where you could have that space and all the security that you had to put up and all of that money made it. I mean, you needed to have access to five hundred thousand dollars at bare minimum or a million dollars, you know. Yeah. And regardless of the size of the grow at an illicit market, market, I don't know no one who became a millionaire, you know, growing illegally. I, I, I just that's a myth, you know. People who grew marijuana, we weren't rich. What we had is we controlled our time, right. and that is and that's. But you can't. That's invaluable to be able to do what you want to do when you want to do it. But it, you were never rich. You yeah. never. You never. But was got that wasn't like the point, was it? You know what I mean? Like the care, the care that goes into like everything that you did is. I mean, it was always beautiful. It was always. I love that it was like. Re, it was. It's like sustainable packaging. Like you would use like glass containers from you know jars and stuff. Like I always just thought that was just such a cool touch. Well, that, that evolved. I mean, I, that, that's, you know, the, you know, I, I'm no longer Catholic. I'm atheist, but the Catholic guilt is forever oh, right. ingrained in me. So there's so Same much, here. there's so much plastic that I put out into the world that eventually that like, I just, I, I you know, have conscience. I don't want to do that anymore. So I had all these glassware. So I, that's when I started doing that. Maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago. I dig that. I think that's really cool. Would you ever start growing again or would you do it like on small or would you like, is there, is there any hope for any anymore? Well, at least like a consulting aspect of it, right? Yeah. I mean, all that knowledge and the ability that they would have if you're seeing people just dropping, you know, in, in quantity and quality. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you, the, you, you gotta, you gotta get, you want to get paid for that knowledge. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. the, the idea and, and, and there's so much, I mean, I have helped out, you know, several entities in the legality market. I've never been paid and they've all, they ripped, you know, they ripped a bunch of us off because of that fact because they just don't you know we don't have money or, or they don't they don't have respect in the institutional knowledge or whatnot it's like you know i'm gonna get a strain from you and then i'm not gonna pay you for it or there's promises of paid being paid on the back end and that never happened and um i mean that that crap is 
ubiquitous in 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 the from the black market to the legal market. So how wild west is it really out there right now still? No, I don't think it's I don't think it's that wild west anymore. Okay. I mean, I think it's pretty controlled. Um but in answer to your question, Kate, of you know, what's the odds of me personally growing again? I mean, I I, I probably not gonna. It's probably not gonna happen anytime soon. Really? But I do have a friend who said grows all my genetics. All my genetics are still being oh, grown. Oh, good. Okay? So from someone who I know and trusted, I've known for 25, 30 years. So thirty years actually. So those those genetics are still available. But when he calls it quits, then you know, that's it. You know, all of those strains, you know, go away. Oh my God. Well, we'll take it on. Like, if it comes down to that, if it comes down to that, I will start to follow on. A, a, a pot mom's, a pot mom's, mom's grow, pot grow. A, a pot grow. Yeah, so, uh, there you go. There you go. That's not a bad idea. Remember, the dark ages, you don't want any documentation. Right. Yeah. That's I mean, you always, you're always worried about someone coming and knocking on your door or, or things like that. I mean, that was a constant, constant, you know, stress load that I can't uh, fully comprehend. Um, how stressful that was for 20 years of doing that. I mean, yeah. it's always on your mind. It's always right there. And, you know, I had loads of friends who go to, went down, you know, went, went to jail or got busted or had their house raised. I, you know, I was really lucky. I'm white, which yeah. actually plays into being, with being lucky. But nevertheless, you know, plenty of white people that I knew went down uh, for growing and, you know, kind of ruined their lives. That's just so outrageous that something like that can, that for growing a plant. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, I know that we've come so far, but still, like, having, like, the fact that we're still having this conversation, like, the majority of people listening in other areas, like, don't even have the ability to even have this conversation in public, and let alone. And it's not easy. I mean, it's hard to yeah. grow good budding plants. So, like, they say it's, like, it's easy feet and have it, like, anybody can do it. That's definitely not the case, especially for anybody that's tried, myself included, to do a homegrown plant. It's harder it's than hard. you would think to actually do it, especially on a full scale. Yes, and then, and then when you, and then when you base your whole, your whole income is based upon that, that harvest, that next harvest. I mean, you better be on top of your game because you screw up. I mean, you don't have any money coming in. And even though, yeah, it was the black market, Seattle was still was still highly competitive in the Alyssa market because you had a lot of high quality growers here in Seattle and up and down the West Coast. So if you had a shitty product, most likely your clientele had other options during that time to go to, and if they found something better, they would never come back. Yeah. That's always hard in a black market. Like, how do you get new customers? You know, you just can't put a, you know, advertising right. with a stranger, or you just can't walk around with a sign that says, "Hey, buy pot from me," you know, <laughs> right. anything like that. I mean, it's hard. Like, how, yeah. I, like when I started, I don't know how to get customers. It just kind of numbers in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> That's just... how I got them. No, just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's actually how Kate and I met. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. Like, Kate, why are you writing your phone number on the work bathrooms? <laughs> and how did you get into the men's room without anyone noticing? Uh. I've got ways. <laughs> All right, so you are the purveyor. I mean, you make amazing treats now. Right, so I'm still in the market, but I, I, I moved from the, uh, you know, from the... Uh, Flour. From, from flour to the edible, you know, from yeah. from a, from a raw ingredient to a processed uh, product. And how has that been different? Do you like it more? Do you like it less? Does it still make you feel like you have like a tie-in, or does that like is it a totally different circle to run in? So when I started, when I started selling, this is back in the late '90s. Um, I always said that I wouldn't be that pot dealer that would show up at like 11:30 after you he was supposed to be there at eight. You know, you always had those. And so I always wanted to be on time. And that feeling when you'd show up 
and you had really high quality and your customers doing high quality and you show up to someone's house and that intrinsic feeling that you, I would get when you'd see the smile on those people's faces because you're there and you know you're going to be feel really good. I mean, that is hard to ever replicate. Um, with my business now that, you know, it's when I'm delivering, it's I'm, there's much, loads of people down the line. So there's no longer any time by which to be able to, you know, sit and hang out and, you know, have a conversation. It's more like, hi, you know, I need your money. Yep. <laughs> Here's your product. Yeah. I hope you all well. We'll see you in three months. And that's kind of how it is now. So uh, I miss those days. So the feeling is a little bit different. But yeah, I really like it. I mean, I really love cooking. Cooking is a passion of mine. So I really dig that idea of kind of with new products and new ideas and infusing different fats or infusing different things and seeing what people come up with. And um, yeah, so it's different. You like it, but it's still... Yeah, I like it. I do okay. like it. So it, you have some really awesome and kind of out there things where sometimes I'm like, whoa, I didn't even think that could have a THC ingredient with it. What do you think's like the coolest or the most off thing that you've infused that turned out really well? Um, you know, I've infused duck fat. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've made paleo duck fat crackers. Um, I've made uh, my, my elixirs, which... I, they were never a hit, but it was, uh, you know, I made my sparkling huckleberry mead and then infused those with, you know, cannabis glycerin. And they're in a little four ounce bottles, that little pop top. So it was like Alice in Wonderland. You pop it and it fizzes and you drink it down. And I, th I love that, but it was not a very popular, it was not very popular. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I but, don't know. That's delicious. It is. Uh, maybe, maybe it was just before it's time. I mean, cause well, you're seeing drinks with THC in it so much more common now. now few years back yeah like everyone's got some sort of weird sparkling thc drink mm -hmm. when you go in there i still stand by the salve is above and beyond anything it's so good we were just talking about this earlier so i can't pick a favorite from everything that i've gotten from you like be it the salve i feel like we've had the tincture at least are you still making the tincture the yeah the tincture's, the tincture's say, really good like see, that was strong see unfortunately <laughs> you can't have the cookies but the I cookies know. are out of this world as, you as do well. gluten free though i just haven't taken i haven't like well, the patties the, the patties, caramels yep. the caramels are amazing they're super good Okay, so something that really made me very interested one time when you were actually coming to drop off here is you mentioned how the landscape has changed um, just from like, uh, so you used to sell flour, obviously. Now you've turned to more edibles. What was the ratio of females that would buy uh, the flour from you versus like, how does it work now with like edibles? I'd say my clientele with flour was 10% female, 90% male. Wow. Edibles about 65% female. 35% wow. that's wild. Yes, that's really interesting. That's so interesting. So why do you think that is? Well, I, I, I think it's I think it's multiple reasons. I think the first reason is I think people um, confuse tobacco smoke with cannabis smoke. So we have this idea that inhaling something through combustion is 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 bad and it has negative consequences. And yeah, there, there's some to it, but the tobacco smoke, cannabis smoke are two entirely different um, substances to consume. So I think, you know, with women, there is that concern of, of, of smoking. So therefore they think that eating it is a safer, uh, way to ingest it yeah. would be, would be my first thought. I have absolutely no, you know, evidence to back that up, yeah. but that would be, that'd be my first, um, rationale as to why that is. 
why won't people just let us smoke weed? <laughs> why, can't <dogs> just, <laughs> why can't moms just smoke weed? This is, uh, yeah, this is this is actually the question of the century on the, the Pop Moms podcast. Um, there's well, just, there's so many benefits. Well, yeah, but and also with, with eating it, it takes a while to kick in. Right. Right. I mean, with smoking it, the, the, the effect is immediate. So when I come across someone who, who is consuming for the first time or they're really novice, like, no, you want to smoke it because then you know when to stop. Right. You know, you can take a hit, you can take a hit and sit back and wait, you know, five to ten minutes to see how that treated you and then go back for more. Whereas if you eat it, I mean, depending upon what your tolerance level is and depending upon have you eaten anything beforehand, it could be 45 minutes to an hour and a half before that kicks in. Yeah. And then maybe you forgot that you ingested it and right. round about and the next thing you know, you're in a grocery store and you, all of a sudden you're high as hell and then you remember like, ah. Yep. You know, I consumed that an hour and a half ago and totally forgot about it. Yep. So um, I, that's, you know, it, it's it's interesting why people think that eating it is a better way to be introduced to it than it is smoking it. I think you're right. I think that people, like, regardless of whether or not you've smoked something before, you've definitely eaten something before. So I think just from, like, a human nature perspective, too, like, people are more familiar with eating things maybe than smoking it. And then, like, there's the whole, especially from a novice perspective, like, are you, am I doing it right? You know, am I, am I smoking it right? You know, I don't know if I, you know, I think that like from a novice perspective, like, and yeah, I mean the, the biggest tip that, that I've said with, you know, anyone who's trying to use cannabis for the first time or trying to get into a routine is to start small and like add on, find out what your tolerance is until you feel to, or, you know, maybe you want to feel out of control depending on, you know, what you're using it for, but, um, but yeah, so I think that that's super helpful. Well, also it's the leaf. Right. That leaf is a symbol of, you know, counterculture. That leaf right. is a symbol of drugs. That leaf has been on every anti-drug literature that we all received for our entire lives. And then that bud, it's, it's, it's in that form. And when you take it from that form and you move it into a chocolate chip cookie, something that's wholesome, something that you used to get from your mom or, or, or someone else in your right. family, then your whole mindset changes. That cookie is innocence. That, you know, leaf or bud are is, you know, guilty. But yet that is easier and more um uh, yeah no it's 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 it's, it's, it's a more the effect is more immediate right i mean the, the, it's it's it, it's the edibles you can it's so easy to go overboard with edibles yeah. than it is the smoking and um but yet people still want to eat the cookie rather than you know put it in a bong or smoke or a joint well i can't blame them because i mean like your cookies from what Mike has told me, and I'm not going to lie, I actually did eat one one time. I risked gluten to taste it, but it's so good. So yeah. you should definitely do a gluten-free one on the next one. It was really funny. I have done, <laughs> I've done, I've done gluten-free cookies, but they never sell. Oh, really? Never. Oh, my God. So how big do you have to make a batch in order for it to be... If I was going to do a special order, I'd want someone to order five orders of something because okay. that's usually I get about five orders per batch. Okay. So that's what that's what that's that's what I would do. But I've tried gluten free, um, you know, all of the uh, I've done some paleo things, mm-hmm. and there's, they, they don't they don't sell, you know, because it's a very niche market. There's a reason why you don't have vegan restaurants all over the place or vegetarian restaurants all over the place because you still have a small percentage of the population that are consuming those things. So yeah. it's the same thing in my business. It's most people. You know, they don't care if there's eggs or gluten or butter or yeah. whatnot in it. You know, they just they just want that versus those people that are, are some on some diet dietary restrictions for whatever reason. Yeah, totally. And with it being a fad, too, I can imagine that. And I mean, I, I would assume it costs more, too, to produce something gluten free versus non. Yeah, it's, it's not it's not it's not, not, not much of a cost. That. I mean, I mean, the flour, maybe you're spending a couple more dollars per pound for the flour or whatever mm-hmm. flour you're using. Uh, but for the, it's not that much more expensive. It's just that there's not there's not the demand for it. They're just. 
There just isn't. I got you. That makes sense. Follow the demand. That's yeah. Retail 101. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You don't want to produce something that no one's going to buy. Um, okay, so what's your number one like selling item? Or does it vary? Does it depend on the time of year? Like Right now, my number one selling item is my snickerdoodle cookies. Really? Yes. Oh, that's awesome. And then followed by probably chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. And then... Um, and then from there it gets it gets muddled. It just depends upon the, that that bake. It changes it. But the top two are usually chocolate chip and snickerdoodles. That's cool. And you... That's what and that's what I started out with. I started out with just cookies. Yeah. You know, just chocolate chip cookies. I mean, I did that for a couple for a couple years, and then before I started do, making different types of cookies. So it was kind of a slow evolutionary process before I started branching out and doing different things. That's interesting. So, what do you have a favorite thing to make? Or is cookies the favorite? Like, is there anything where you're like, ooh, I'm so excited to make this? Um, I, you know, I mean, again, back to the elixir. Yeah, I brew Because right, I brew. Right. I'm a brewer as well. So, I mean, that was like, you know, like, I was just thinking Alice in Wonderland and, and, and you know, putting these little labels on it and, you know, yeah. drink me to go up or drink me to go down. And, you know, I thought people would get a big kick out of that, that fizz, that yeah. pop, you know, that you always get out of something really fizzy and... You know, plus was, I picked those huckleberries up in the mountains, and that was a whole process. And so that was that was really really like exciting. Labor of love. Yeah, and it was like I was could be able to combine these two skills into this one particular product, and it just it just it just didn't catch on. So would you ever try to do it again? Yeah, I'm gonna try to do it again. In fact, the next things that are coming down the line are gonna be kombucha and fermented coffee. <gasps> awesome! I love kombucha. I have two scobies if you need one. <laughs> <laughs> I got several. I have a person who's gonna help me out as well. But I'm also That's gonna do awesome. fermented coffee, which is that I've done some. Uh, experiments with and it's freaking delicious if okay, you've never had it what's what is it what's fermented coffee what's just it's kombucha but it's coffee oh so you, you make it just like kombucha you use a scoby and you just you, you put sugar your sugar yeah. absolutely and it, it just it ferments the coffee and then you put it in the same container and it's still fizzy and it has that little you can tell taste that fermented taste and yeah. it's freaking delicious really delicious oh my god i'm gonna definitely buy that i love so is it there's still caffeine in it then right yeah it's coffee oh my you know? god absolutely caffeine like a huge cup of coffee and like smoking weed in the morning like that is my like that oh that is my favorite see that's what i wanted my elixirs and my fermented coffee and my kombucha and you have your three little things throughout the course of your day that was kind of my whole idea of my this alice in wonderland kind of like product line of of you know you have your coffee in the morning kombucha to write out in the afternoon and then your alcoholic beverage you know cannabis infused alcoholic beverage at the evening to calm down oh my god that's so cool so do you think would you ever like because you have had like parties that have have like helped people kind of walk through the experience too like how has that or because so much of i feel like new items on the market have so many things have to deal with the experience or like knowing how to use them especially new things those elixirs sound amazing but they might need some people to like better understand how to use them i feel like that's where like having there because when you explain it that way you're like well duh i'll take like a hundred of them like, <laughs> like how long till your next bake perfect like, we're set well, yeah you have to provide a medium by which people to try things and that's mm-hmm. what those parties really came into when i started doing those parties in mass maybe it was that 2011 mm-hmm. unfortunately i just lost my newest space so there won't be any parties oh, anytime no. soon you know these things happen yeah but um my idea is to have a fermentable party so everything you know take my culinary skills and my and my you know creationary skills with uh, cannabis and then just having all a fermentable party you know send out the invite to all my clientele you know they can bring friends and then introduce these things to them in that medium in a very safe environment 
Um, well, the biggest party I've ever had, we had like 320 people, so... Oh, wow. Uh, but we got, I prefer not to have it that big, I'm more controlled. So, you know, it'd be nice if we could fit 100, 120 people. I was like, we could clear out our furniture. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, but no, but small party, but podcast one, But it could be, be like t- it could be like Tupperware parties. I yeah. mean, that is, that is totally something that I would be interested in doing. If you had friends or you, you had a little group, you could go in different houses and introduce in a much smaller scale. Yeah. So I took this class in University of Washington, my first degree I, that I got to have you know, two bachelors and my masters. And the number one, the, the number one um, thing to look for with overdoses is set and setting who you're worth and where you're at. Most people we learned that this is mid nineties learned about when they overdose, they were in an unfamiliar environment and most likely with unfamiliar people. And there's something to be said that when you're in this familiar world and you're consuming, you know, mind altering substances, if you're in a, if you're in a comfortable setting, you're going to have a much more positive experience. And, you know, in, in relation to hard drugs, you're less likely to overdose in those particular situations than if you're in an unfamiliar environment. So the same thing applies with cannabis or cannabis usage is if you're surrounded by, you know, people that you're comfortable with, you know, that everyone in that that party is consuming so you don't have to be you know so paranoid like oh my god does everyone know that i'm high because everyone is high and so then you then then (laughs) everyone is really high and so then your inhibitions are go down and you are you're much more able to have a good time and really experience it than rather than have your guard up and that's why we have my parties i have you know i have security there the security is not to Please, the people within the party is to keep people we don't want into the party so you know you're in this safe environment. Mm-hmm. And I think that's absolutely key when introducing people to a new mind-altering substance. Yeah, I think that's a really good experience in how to do it. And I actually learned, and I'll, I'll be interested to hear if this matches your knowledge, but if you feel too high from like THC, if you take CBD, it stops the um, absorption through the endocannabinoid system of the THC. I, 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 I don't, I, I've don't never know. heard that. I've never heard that. All right, on challenge, <laughs> I win. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I would say that if you felt too high on, T- on TAC, go to bed. Yeah. You know, that's that's kind of, you know, of course, if you're somewhere where you, there is no bed to go to or to retreat yeah. to, then, you know, you kind of just have to fight through it. But um, that was always my thing, that if people were too high on TAC, it's, you know, go Take to sleep. Yeah, and you'll have a, an amazing sleep and you'll wake up, maybe wake up a little high, maybe some cotton mouth. Right. But, you know, it's, you're not going to get sick or, you know, have any other detrimental effects other than that. Okay, this is good for me or, or maybe I could take another hit. I mean, that yep. therein lies this, 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 you know, disconnect that people have between eating it and smoking it. I mean, and vaporizing is not smoking it. Vaporizing right. is a whole other thing. In my opinion, I get totally different effects in vaporizing. Me too. And I, don't, I don't really like it. I don't like vaporizing because I like that hit in my lungs, you know, yeah. I, that's, and that gets me where I want to go. So um, I think edibles should be for, you know, the more experienced user rather yeah. than, you know, a beginner. Do you dab? I've dabbed. I don't really like it. Yeah, it's, very, it's kind of a lot of rigmarole. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of cracking. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're in a window and you got a blowtorch and you're you know heating up this element and then you put your thing down. You know, I mean, it's it just seems, you know, a little. I don't know, a little cracky for lack yeah. of a better term. And I, and I think the high is different. I think, you know, the process of where the, how they get those dabs is, which is a, you know, hydrocarbon of some sort, stripping the essential oils out of the vegetative material and then letting that stuff evaporate. And then what you have left over to me, there's something, um, again, I, I have no evidence, you know, but, you know, anecdotally, uh, it just doesn't feel like you're getting everything that you want, or it's a very harsh way by which to be able to extract, you know, the psychoactive components. Yeah, the plant. It makes it less plant-like. Right. 
I kind of like the plant aspect of it. I don't. It is the difference between coca and cocaine, right? right? I mean, whereas you know you chew the coca leaf and and it's very medicinal and whatnot. And even even if you you know the the, the second process when they mash the leaves together, but it's yep. when you stick that solvent on a vegetative material, it turns it into a much more concentrated um, product. And I just think it's. Um, I don't know. I just it just doesn't it doesn't get me where I want to go. Yeah, that's fair. And you have a lot of experience, so that's pretty trusted. Yeah, it works for you. Yeah, and I do an edible every night as well. It helps me sleep. So you know, bong grips and edibles, and I don't smoke during the day or you know eat during the day or anything like that. It's my yeah. treat when I'm done. I feel done. like that's a big misconception too. It's like people think if you consume cannabis that like you're high all the time. Right. Like, that's expensive. To be high all yeah. the time. Yeah, absolutely. And there's well, a, and Welcome the, back, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Mike's on kid duty, so he has to keep running out. But... Family situation diffused. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Coco, get the bong. <laughs> yeah, we always joke that it's not okay to ask your kid to get your bong, but it's okay to ask your kid to get a PBR, and it's yes. cute, and we all laugh, and we Instagram that. Well, but... <laughs> in, all, in all honesty, the cleanup of a PBR is way less annoying than the cleanup of bong water. That's yes. fair. <laughs> You know, you could have dropped your bomb because you would want to love your kids rather than yeah, right. scoring them for breaking your right. smoking utensils. So right. then you got to have your joint rolling, you know, uh, skills kick in, and you don't really want to do that because you just want that immediate effect. So, yeah. Right. Safer well, to get the PBR. So he doesn't clean his pipes either. So you guys are the same. Why would you clean a pipe? That seems See? like so much unnecessary work. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 can tell, I can tell you, I appreciate a super clean bomb yep. if someone does it, but I don't yeah. want it. You know, I don't. I, 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 it doesn't I, I make got, the cleaning list. No, damn it. I, I just, I just, I have better things to do with my time than to clean my goddamn pipe. <laughs> okay, so, so when we were in the Midwest, when it was like fifty dollars to buy a, a pretty generic glass pipe, yeah, you would keep those. You would keep it clean. But here, you can get one for like three dollars at the store. So I think my time is worth more than the three dollars it's going to take me to go get a new pipe. But I don't like that waste culture. But it's glass. It's recyclable. He keeps no it worries. out for a really like he 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 doesn't throw it away. Like no, he's no, my, bong. My, he's yeah, my bong I've had for since two thousand seven. You know, I have pieces that I've had for twenty years. So I know, like, I it's a it's a is it like situational cleaning, like with a Q tip around? Because like, what do you do when like you start getting like the res to come out? Like, see, I but see, I don't, I don't, I don't, that's right. I don't, I don't use pipes. Bongs. I use bongs, yeah. so you don't ever get that resin on do you your lips. Sw- do you ever or you keep the same pull too? I, I prefer it in case I break it, and then yeah. you know, and I'll clean, I'll clean the stem off of that yeah. my bowl, you know, so because it eventually gets clogged. You need to get a bong. But yeah. a bong is to me is is where it's at. You get a bigger hit, and um, but they mean. I know it's weird, but if they my pieces have meaning, so therefore yeah. I don't have this like I'm no, I don't want to throw away. I don't want to break it. I mean, I can't imagine breaking some of these pieces. I mean, I have some pieces from renowned glass blowers that I traded for back in like 1999 that cost me at that time like 650, 700 dollars that are made of like 44 pieces of glass and just wow. absolutely freaking amazing. So oh my God. I, you know, the, the pieces that I like to smoke out of are those that aren't cheaply made or aren't the silicone that you're basing that are yeah. actually have like. You know, it's, a, it's, it's like a meaning or it's like a chalice or, or, or something, you know, a spiritual aspect to it, I guess, would be the way that I would kind of describe it. I just got this one from Stoneware. I think of my pipes as like really annoying friends. I want them gone as quickly as possible. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, but you're I want no more of you, sir. You're out of here. <laughs> well, this is cute. 
I know they're cute. That's the thing. It's like I love. I like, but see, I personally, I like. So those are like too nice to smoke things. out of. Like I, that should like be somewhere like nice. Like I, I don't see that as like a, a utensil or a smoking apparatus. There is a video online with Seth Rogen smoking out of this gravity bong, and it is the coolest gravity bong I've ever seen. It's like five hundred dollars, and you have to look at it online. But it, 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 it are you guys know what a gravity bong is? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yes. So 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 the the bowl's up here, and it's on a pendulum. And so the wa- there's water on one end. And so when you want to, if we want to draw in smoke, you turn this pendulum and the water moves from one end to the other. And that creates a suction and that gives you the hit. And so then you take that out and then you just move it the other way to have the hit force into you. It's like $500. See, those are the things I want to smoke out of. Yeah. I don't want to smoke out of a $4 cheap piece of glass that's possibly yeah. blown in China. Or, you know, I don't, I, I, there's a ritual in, in my book. There's a ritual that I love, that I love to do that with. So I'd cheap. You know, uninteresting generic is not the way I want to go. Yeah, and I think your, that's really fair. And for your listeners, uh, most gravity bongs are an empty milk carton <laughs> yes! in sink where you <laughs> lean over and push down as hard as possible. You, yes. you take in as much as you can and then you walk away. Yes, if, so if you don't funny. pass out when you're if you know, 21 you can or 22. If you talk afterwards, you made it. That's yes. so funny. I was like, oh, he's talking about the milk carton one. And yeah. then when you were talking about I was like, oh, yes. this that, is like yes. a grown-up gravity Yo, it is, it is a grown-up. It is cool. It's like, you know, it is, it is, it is, it is something to save up for and buy it in my opinion i think it's just an awesome so awesome maybe tinsel. we won't get the volcano like the a new volcano maybe we'll get a gravity bong yeah. see where do you like store i your feel if you, you don't think i could clean a pipe if you think that gravity bongs can stay clean then <laughs> you just gotta change the water oh uh, like, that's all you know you don't have to go I, like i don't clean my bong but i just change true. the water that's i was true. gonna say i think that's a big thing that we're missing is we don't incorporate enough water bongs yeah. <laughs> you get a better hit it's a smoother yeah. hit like yeah. it just snowed in seattle right okay and um did you use snow well see there you have it <laughs> i call it snow hits and i tell all my friends and all these people like do you ever take your bong and do you ever um fill it full of fill it full of snow and so this is my deconstructed bong grip picture that i took the other day oh when my it god. snowed and so you take your bowl of snow and you stuff your bong full of snow and then you take snow hits oh my god and that's i tell so and cool. i tell people so many the story and so many other people have never heard of doing this and i'm like how can you not think of doing that like the right. snow is the best. It is the best thing. And you can't, if you just do it with a pipe, you don't get to have those snow hits. Well, that's because right. most people in Seattle are so panicked. As soon as they see those first <laughs> snowflakes that come down, they're not thinking straight. I know, they're not thinking straight. That, <laughs> right. They should just stay home and fill their bones yeah, full of snow, and then you're going to have a great, great snow day. They're like, I have to go battle people for all the bread, milk, and eggs in yeah. Seattle. We'll just leave salad dressing and jam for all those plebeians. Yes. Not getting scared. That's so funny. I dig that. Will you send me the picture of the snow? Yes. Okay. That's Absolutely. awesome. I Absolutely. want to use it for the like cover of this episode. Oh, okay. That that's awesome. Really that's cool. awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. So where do I store my stuff? I, I don't have kids. Right. So I don't, I've, I've never hidden any of my, any of my bongs. I've never, I, I actually, my ex-girlfriend had a kid and, um, and they lived with me and I was still growing at the time, but he was always around it. So we didn't hide anything from him or yeah. anything like that. Never hid our consumption from him. I never lied to him about anything that we were doing. He was always on the up and up of what was going on, um, and I and um, so we we never had any issues with him uh, getting into the stuff or breaking it or anything like that. Because no, it was just respect. But it was, it was just it was, there was it was normal. Right. You know, it was it was the normalization of it rather than if this is exotic thing or this yeah. forbidden fruit or anything like that. Well, I'm happy that you kind of brought that up too. Is because like we've been talking, obviously, in light of me doing the podcast and the kids getting older and us being somewhere where it's legal. Like, 
what, like, do you have any tips for parents talking to their kids about cannabis? Be honest. I mean, I, I, from I'm not a parent, but I, I would think the one thing I would never want to be called as a parent is a hypocrite. Right. And so this idea that you're, that, that you're going to hide something that, that you have such pleasure doing or, or brings you, you know, uh, you use it medicinally or, or use it to, you know, take the edge off or something like that. And you would hide that from your kids because that's part of who you are. That's just, that's an anthema to me, right? I don't understand why parents feel the need to... to protect their kids and the odds are your kids know you're doing it anyways right and so then when they get older they're going to steal it from you it's going to cost you more money at the very basic or they're going to lose respect and so my idea just be honest i mean do you tell your kids that babies come from the stork or do you tell them you know (laughs) my kid my kid told (laughs) hey Collie. um my kid actually i walked in on my son saying um my mom had a baby out of her vagina like as a preschooler in like a preschool here and I was just like I mean I was I was slightly mortified because there was like parents standing in the back and his teacher and all of his classmates (laughs) and the teacher was like okay that's enough sharing for today um but yeah I was also kind of proud because I'm like all right as like a little four-year-old, like, you get it, and that's kind of cool. And yet, and therein lies, but why is it, like, in that particular context, why is it, you know, that's enough sharing time? Right. I mean, why is that? Why is that we all get, like, oh, my God, we spoke the truth. Right. You know? Totally. That's, that's how we have human beings. And I know. Like, we have to hide that? You know, right. why Why is that this uncomfortable thing? And to me, that goes to puritanical culture, that goes to religion, yeah. goes to hiding all this stuff. And so this... And shame. I, yeah, and so there is no shame in consuming cannabis. Right. You know, there's there's no shame in, 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 in consuming alcohol. There's no shame on taking substances to make yourself feel good. Yeah. I mean, we are in a drug culture. Yeah. You have drug advertisements on TV. Yep. You take an aspirin to feel better. You know, you do these things. And so be honest with your kids. Like, yeah, drug, there are drugs, and these are what the drugs do. Yep. And there's a reason why people do drugs is because drugs work. Drugs do what they're supposed to do. And if you don't educate kids, then they're going to get the education somewhere else, and yep. that might not be a credible source. They're going to seek out these things because I think human beings have an innate desire to alter your mind. Yeah. And, you know, but be honest. Animals. animals do. Animals consume these things in nature, you know. I mean, I always think about the... The spider, who you can look at how their webs change depending on what they're they've what they've been exposed to. Right, ants farm aphids to produce honeydew that ferments, and then they eat the honeydew. And they just get all crazy. Yes. <laughs> so you know, if you have ants in your grow room, you're in or aphids. You don't want that. That's bad, bad. But yeah. um, be honest. That's it. And and I have so many parents parental friends who aren't yeah. who've hidden it and I've always been against that because you know I don't want I don't I want the kids to know what I do I want the kids to know who I am I don't want to be you know any false labels I because they're know. gonna figure it out they're too always, yes. like all of a sudden there's gonna they're gonna be 13 and they're gonna be like oh that's a bong oh and then I feel like all of the memories then change whereas you can be a little bit more a part of the narrative if you say it now and they can be like oh no that's just like that's my mom and dad, like, or, you know, that's just, that's something I have to look forward to trying when I'm older, you know what I mean? I feel like there's so much more respect, and then that's going to ensure that those little stinkers aren't sitting here trying to give me oregano to try to replenish my stash after <laughs> exactly, they find it. Exactly, like, exactly. Like, I remember one time when, um, like, back in the Midwest, I would steal um, this absolute current from my parents, and I would just fill it back up with water, as one does, 
And then I remember years later, because it was like one they didn't use a lot, they asked me to make them a cocktail, and I'm like, I'm just going to get you a new one at this point. I was like 21. I'm like, that's water. That's entirely water. Like, so I don't want to, our kids to hit us up with some oregano. More power, more power to them. I mean, it's, part of the, it's all part of the game. That's right. I, I think know. the honesty is the right. It is. It's, 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 but it's hard in the moment, because you're like, <gasps> Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! I mean, like, cause you know, Mikey, you'll see something, and he's like, "Oh, what's that?" And I'm like, "It's an herb, or it's a, it's a plant." You know, you know, I think I'm way more in conceiver. I'm, I'm less incoherent when I'm drinking than smoking. You know what I mean? Absolutely. If I'm, if I'm a Everyone couple is. deep, then you know Everyone what I mean. Is. I'm trying to talk to the kids. I'm like, "Yeah, let's get pajamas and." Uh, all right, turn yep. on some PJ Masks. If I'm, if I'm just high, I can be still more functional and relative and relatable and probably more enjoyable. And um, I think, like, to, like, relish in those moments. Yeah. And, just like, and you're, in, you're in the moment of high, too. This idea yeah. right. that when you get high, you're, you're spaced off and, oh. and not, not being there present is a totally is totally false. You know, right. I when I'm high, I am in that moment. Yeah. I'm enjoying that moment for what it is. And the funny thing is, if something, you know, emergency happened, I mean, you, your adrenaline kicks in and you're, you're not high anymore. Yeah. No. Whereas, if you're, whereas, whereas, yeah. whereas, whereas if you're drunk as shit. You're still when, drunk. You're, you're drunk. You're still drunk, you know. And that yeah. is, you know, they've done, you know, this idea that, oh my God, stoners are causing car accidents. That's not true. No. There's loads of There's no. loads of evidence out there to suggest that stoners aren't bad drivers. No. You know, but alcohol, cell phone uses, those things are. But, yeah. but, but for some reason, there is this push that yeah. cannabis has to, we have to regulate cannabis like we regulate all this other stuff because it's an intoxicant. And it's entirely different. It is does it's not so inhibit any part of your mind. I mean, it is a different, it's activating receptors within your own mind. It is not decreasing or increasing dopamine or serotonin levels. It is, it's its own thing. It's so true. Most, I actually read stated. a study that said there's, there's, they, they examined um, four, or they examined people driving sober, people driving after smoking, people driving after drinking, and people driving after drinking and smoking. So, obviously, the worst one was drinking and smoking. Yep, yep. Um, The second worst was drinking. And then there actually was this, in the study showed that if you were just a little bit high, you were actually a better driver than when you were sober. And whether it's in heightened senses or yeah. whatnot, but... Because going, um, going five under the speed limit is not causing anybody any right. harm. No, not at all. Being more cautious <laughs> right. and looking both ways multiple times with a stop yeah. sign isn't necessarily a bad thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think that's really true. What do you guys think? Do you want to take a little break and smoke? Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's do it. We'll be right back. All right. Mm, that's dope. back it's me kate i'm here with my friend who's not going to be named and <laughs> and that's no that's cool um and you're actually the like fourth person who's nameless for all various right. reasons all so. right so we'll be you'll be nameless number four all right all right in the rolling credits we're gonna use my pseudonym as well what's up you always go use my pseudonym is sebastian okay, okay. sebastian call you sebastian that's good okay sebastian because we'll refer back to it um, so we just smoked a fresh and terpy joint. Um, I really dig fresh and terpy. Um, it's painted with terp enhanced distillate and it's dusted with dry sift. So we smoked the sativa version um, and it's train wreck bud and Durban poison oil. So it's got about um, total is 36% THC with 
kind of a 22% THC and 13 THCA. So do you know what the difference of THC and THCA is? Not off the top of my head. Okay. Me neither. We'll do a brain drop there. <laughs> brain drop. Pot moms rule. <laughs> I was just telling them about it's an, uh, it's an audience trivia question. That ah, they, need yes. to, they need to respond via email. But you know, I I, I have an issue with this. I, the, the way they hit, they measure the tasting. It. Well, there, there are 64 psychoactive components in cannabis. And so the fact of the matter, we're going to judge that each cannabis based upon these numbers of these very set, you know, THC or THCA or CBDs or cannabidol or whatever they're going to use. I mean, to me, it's, 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 I don't it's, I don't think it's a true reflection on the potency based upon those numbers in and of itself. So in my goodies, and when people ask me, like, how many milligrams of THC are in each goodie, I say I, I don't measure it strictly for that reason. I think, you know, the way to consume whether or not it works is just consume it. Who gives a shit what the numbers are? Yeah. So, you know, yeah, you have an idea what it is, but I don't think those numbers are a true representation of the potency of a particular product. Talk think, to me I about what the huge... potency is. Well, I don't know. I mean, because you're only you're, you're you're choosing you're only but choosing. Isn't it so subjective. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Though, if you have 64 psychoactive components all working in conjunction with one another, the ratio. All right, and we're going to choose four of those. Yeah. Out of them, we're going to pull four or five of those, and we're going to determine the potency. We're going to set laws based on those four numbers, or those five numbers, or those one numbers essentially with THC, because that's really what the law what is based on. About, you know, milligrams right? of THC yeah. per serving. It's asinine because there's so many more psychoactive components in this plant than just THC. So it's you know because of the illegality, we have <clears throat> excuse me, we haven't studied it much in the United States. But that's not to say that other countries haven't. Israel, if you want to read about the studies of cannabis, go to Israel. Israel's been studying this plant for forty years. So I mean, I can't come up with any specific studies off the top of my head, but there has been huge, huge studies all around the world about this plant. But back to the thing about THC, why are we labeling? Why are we basing our laws on one particular component of the cannabis plant? It is just absolutely, it's an asinine, it's asinine. Do you think it's because what we know? Like that's just the most widespread or is this almost like another? Well, it's back to why, I mean, it's, 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 it's as if they have to relate it to an ABV of alcohol. Yeah. It's like they're trying to regulate this thing in Washington State. It's the Washington State um, Cannabis and Liquor Board now, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And so it is not liquor. It is, it's a right. totally different thing. In my opinion, there, you shouldn't have any regulations on cannabis, you know, the, on, or, or milligrams of THC per serving. You, just measure the weight then, and then that's just what it is? Well, yeah, if you got an ounce, it's an ounce, you know, yeah. or if it's two ounces or two ounces. I just, you know, people people ask me all the time, and my response is, you know, here's this edible. I, I, what is your tolerance? So your beginner, middle, or whatnot, everyone knows what their tolerance is. Yeah, you totally Every, said that when we first got out. Everyone like, knows their own tolerance. You <laughs> be honest, and I will tell you what it is. And that's the same thing. If you go to a doctor and they give you a prescription of a certain drug, you know, they're going to give you a prescription of the drug where you fall between, you know, two degrees from the standard deviation of the mean, right? And if that doesn't work, then they'll try something else because those they're all suggested dosages right. when so you go into the doctor's like office. So it's all like cannabis. Cannabis is like when you're figuring out your medication. Right. So the only way to determine the potency of something is just to consume it and yeah. find out if it helps you, bam, well, you got it. And if it doesn't, then you move on to something else or you consume more of it. Yeah. But to base everything off that particular number, we're going to base our entire laws on that particular number. It's just, it's messed up. Yeah. And the same thing with hemp. Like, okay. We're gonna have we're gonna ha- we're gonna legalize hemp. There's hemp fields all over the state of Oregon, all over you know the United States. It's legal to grow hemp now, only if it's below 0.3 percent. Yeah. <laughs> 
So and, and if you go above that, you risk getting your crop stolen. You risk, you know, um, getting charged with a crime because you are now in illegal possession of. Even of though that wasn't your intent. Yeah, and, 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 and but again, that. but it's based upon oh, it's point four T, so whatever the hell that it is. Yeah. Does it make any sense? Yeah. They're just pulled out of It's nowhere. like we have to, we have to, some, for some reason, it, we have to be able to label or, or come up with a number to control it that is, um, I don't know, it's, 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 it, it, it boggles my mind. Human beings are comfortable with control. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially the government. Speaking as one, I'm working on it. Yes, yes, yes. Might as well. I, I'm a kind of control freak too. I like to be in control of the situation or the environment that I'm in or how I react to certain situations. Uh, but so, this so, is this this is this this is you know a, a problem that I personally have with the galley market is off you know milligrams of THC per serving or how much THC is in a particular product. Yeah, well, you must have been out of your comfort zone for control once you stepped foot into our house. Uh, <laughs> um, it was like the, the uh, craziest. Sebastian got the first uh, um, crash course into. What it's the, the like three being kid, on our kids the at kid like between five and eight p.m. They're great parents. They're very calm and they hadn't consumed yet. So yeah, we had it. <laughs> That's right. Oh, Just no, so I, you know, yeah. it's usually safe for more of a you know a bedtime activity. Yeah. yeah, we usually wait till after bedtime. Sometimes on a weekend, if it's like dirt, like right, like nap time. But I mean, even that, very. It's not. Sometimes a breaking point comes earlier. Yeah, but. <laughs> especially on the weekends. Well, and like I don't know. Yeah. Listen to the song "Get High" by Brandy That's right. Park. I'm so it happy is, that you it said is, it. It is a it is the anthem to a pop mom, and it's an amazing song. I highly recommend it to you and your listeners. Awesome. We're gonna have to get it. Say it one more time. It's "Get High" by Brandy Clark. Get High by Brandy Clark. Clark with and an it, E. Nope. Just nope. Okay. This, this Clark with a Clark. <laughs> <laughs> But it's totally from a mom's perspective, it gets high. And it's an absolute fucking amazing song. Oh, I bet it's going to be like how I love the song Kate by Ben Folds 5 because my name's Kate. And like, I bet I'm going to like that. Like, I just, I, every time I hear that, I'm like, that song's about me. Yeah. When you, so when you listen, yeah, I guarantee that you're going to love that song. It's going to rise at the top of your favorite song list for 2020. That's awesome. I dig that. I really dig that. I'm going to put it on the, the, what's it called? Like, I'm going to try to put it on here. Okay. Yeah, I think you it'll should. Be good. I'll be like, hey, do you mind if I use your song, Get High? <laughs> and I, and I, and I pop Marvel's podcast, I bet you she would, whoever would love it. Maybe she'll let me interview her. Maybe. That's something I could do. They love her on KEXP. They're always putting her on KEXP. Awesome. You know, she's a little, it's, it's country, but she's, she's, it's great. It's a great song. Awesome. Um, Look for a co-branded Pop Bombs podcast <laughs> dinner experience by Sebastian. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, that is something we're looking to do is actually yeah. do some private uh, dinners where everything is infused with some sort of cannabis uh, fat. That would be so amazing. Awesome. Whether it be olive oil or butter or whatnot. So would it be some? Would it be private or would it be for hire? No, it'd be totally private. Okay. Because I mean, there, there, in light, there is the evolution that's to come, right? I mean, right. in my opinion, you know, there are people who are making good money currently in the legal market, and awesome. I voted for the initiative, um, uh, even though the initiative eventually put me out of business. This is growing wise and made it a lot more difficult. Totally supported, one hundred percent. And those people who are killing it, right, more power to them. 
Uh, however, I think the money is still to be made in the secondary market. Like, where are our cannabis-friendly hotels? Yep. Where, you know, inevitably someone's going to say, listen, if you're going to sell the product at the state level, you're going to have to provide a place for them to consume it. Right. So, you know, eventually, inevitably, and it's happened in Denver and it's starting to happen in other places, mm-hmm. you know, let's get let's, let's get the cannabis cafes. I went to the one oh, in California. Awesome. I went to the one in California that used to be Lowell Cafe, but now it's the original Cannabis Cafe because they had to change the name because of a lawsuit. I mean, like it's wild. They have they, there's a place up in Vancouver, British Columbia. You, it was always on a DL that you could smoke there, and I might just still be there. But um, you know, I've been to Amsterdam. I don't know, a lot yeah. <laughs> since, <laughs> 19, since 1997. And this idea that like, you have these politicians who are like, oh, we don't want to turn into like the Amsterdam style coffee shops. Okay. Why the hell not? Okay, it's an absolutely there. It is. I'm so happy that you said that because I was like waiting to feel like a little dirty, a little saucy that I was in Amsterdam and I felt like it was no big deal. No big deal. Like, I mean, it was amazing and it was nice to be able to smoke in those places, but like, it's like not everyone goes there and just sits there and smokes. You know what I mean? Like people just use it and they, or buy it and they go, you know what I mean? But like. To say that you don't. Or you sit in like, there and you smoke and you drink loads of right. coffee and you're just having the time of listening to awesome music, watching right. life in Amsterdam go by the window. That would go hand in hand with Seattle with the yes. coffee. But anyways, like before all of that, like I, Amsterdam's beautiful and it's clean yep. and the people are nice. Yes. Like there, I could. Li- I was not scared. I walked through all hours of the evening, like yes. outside through the red light district. People were kind. People were cautious. People were courteous. Like so. Well, fuck that. I would way rather be Amsterdam. <laughs> yeah, and it's a, and it's a truly an international city. I was there last time I was there was in 2017 after going around Spain with my dad, and I hadn't consumed for a, um, you know, a month, which is a thing when I travel. I don't, I don't need to look for it. I mean, it'll eventually find me. But my brain, my brain is preoccupied with all this new stuff that I'm seeing that yeah. I don't feel the need to smoke herb nor, or nor the desire. Now, if it comes, I run across it. Yeah. It obviously enhances the situation, yeah. but I don't go out looking for it. I don't need it. Like when I land in some foreign locale that I have to find this herb in Amsterdam, you know, it is true. When I got back to Amsterdam, I went into a coffee shop, the Abraxas coffee shop, rolled a joint. I was walking through uh, Dom square and I'm on this corner and I am lit up. I mean, I am feeling good. Life is fantastic, you know? And I, you, you just, Close your eyes and you listen to. Mm-hmm. There must have been twenty five languages being spoken on that corner, and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely incredible, you know. And yet somehow we don't want that. Yeah, we were saying how like, <laughs> people say that. Oh, politicians are saying. Um, so we were talking about how it's the next uh, biggest thing to have food, like food parties oh, yeah. and cannabis parties, and then and that's like the next, you know, the next frontier for for the not so distant future. And then how uh, politicians are saying that. We don't want to be like Amsterdam. And then I was saying, I actually wanted to feel dirtier in Amsterdam, and I didn't. And we were just then, you know, saying, and that's the thing we noticed, too, is the languages. There were so many languages being spoken. I got more caught up in Sebastian saying that. (laughs) um, Another long edit. He didn't didn't seek it out right away, because I get so cranky when I travel, and the anxiety, that's the first thing I'm looking for. Oh, my God. Mike is, like, on the airplane asking people, like, oh, where are you going? Do you have have any friends in the area where we're traveling to, by chance? Because I'm getting a little cranky. Green friends. (laughs) No, I, 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 I love, I love, I love, I love, I love, I love, I love airports. I mean, as soon as I'm through security, I'm like, I'm, I love an airport. I love hanging out in airports. I love the idea that in nine and a half hours, I could hop on some plane. I could be halfway Somewhere around the world, else. and and then and then my brain is going. I mean, I'm totally like, 
I mean, transfixed on that idea of being somewhere and I'm experiencing all those new things that, man, I'm high, you know? I mean, yeah. that is, I'm totally, totally high. But when I'm in my, when you're nor, your normal everyday shit, you know, and you're in your routine that, yeah, then, then I will obviously miss it and we'll hopefully. Grave it. Yeah, ab- it. Absolutely. Smoke it. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, that is, that is it. I think that the, 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 the next evolution of legality is, is cannabis, uh, Cafes and um, you know, hopefully at some p- certain point restaurants as well. The Pop Moms Podcast. It's the Pop Moms Podcast. Oh, it's on. Awesome. Well, we can hear them right now yeah, at the door. Absolutely. So if you think that that's actually your kids' listeners uh, in the background, it's not. It's mine. So lucky for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just your head. I don't know. I always hear like phantom kids yelling. I'm always like, what? <laughs> and then it's nothing. My husband's like, uh, are you okay? I'm like, that's such a such a good question. Um, but okay, cool. Thank you so much, Sebastian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Happy to be really, here. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, we'll talk with you again soon. Absolutely. Isn't he a treat? He's got so much carnal knowledge that it's really amazing to speak with someone who's kind of seen it all in the world of cannabis. Um, This is Kate, your host. Um, I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, Remember to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pot Moms Podcast. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. PotMomsPodcast at gmail.com. Um, We've got a really lot of really great product reviews to go ahead and share with you guys over the next couple weeks. We've got some Valentine's Day and cannabis and sex and love and partnership uh, episodes coming out in the next two weeks. So uh, tune in, subscribe. We're on iTunes. We are on Spotify. We are on Stitcher, Google Play, and literally anywhere uh, that that you can stream stream podcasts. So, uh, yeah. We're look from, looking forward to it. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Super mom. There <laughs> she is. Doing it all. Looking so beautiful. Bye, mom.
Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, I'm Gary, and I invite you to discover the Cannabis Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast focused on a Canadian's cannabis culture. I would be the Canadian, and my cannabis passion and culture has been building for five decades. I share that passion for this wonderful plant in every episode, through conversations with cannabis advocates and enthusiasts, stories about the ever-changing legal environment, and some hands-on testing of product in a segment I call Cultivar Corner. The Cannabis Podcast, a Canadian's cannabis culture, one token at a time.